Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Tango Alpha Lima. What? What, what, what? Oh, did you? I thought you stopped me. No, rock and roll oh. with it, brother. Go oh. with it. Oh, well, we will <laughs> keep rolling. You know, I did want to note, though, that you know our song talks about Defiance, and Defiance, Ohio is where my brother went to college. So we actually have a reference to Ohio in our theme song, which is not That's great. Cool. I'm totally down for that. That That is not great. Look at the anyway, drink. I, <laughs> we are having a wild day here if you can't tell already we are we are on fire uh i am your host mark cv coming at you from our national headquarters i'm joined as always by my co-host ashley gorbolja moldonado from our nation's capital in washington dc and jeff daly from hollywood california and like i said we are having a day but jeff jeff the big news michigan football is back and you're gonna get gonna get pulverized by the Buckeyes. Now the news was football, Big Ten football is back. The big news is that Michigan football is back. <laughs> and I can't wait until Ohio State gets exposed for something. There's no way they can be that good that long. Every football dynasty ends in a scandal, and I'm just waiting. After seeing what we saw in the NFL this past weekend, which was just horrific football. I, I I can't say I'm really all that much looking forward to college football. Like th- there were some there were some games the the Detroit Lions blowing that game. Uh, shout out R.I.P. to Autry James, who's probably just crying right now. I hope, he said he didn't watch the game. I hope he also didn't record it. And if he did, he better have deleted it. But man. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful football. Uh, and uh, my boy Tom Brady, not looking great. My boy Gronk, not looking great. I expected that, though. Cam Newton looked great. Cam, I'm, all, I'm, on, I'm on the Cam train. In Cam, we trust. <laughs> Ashley, you still with us? I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> it is nap time. All right, and everybody, if you are not on Facebook uh, and not a friend of Jeff Daly's, you missed an awesome mustache, and the fact that he shaved it is completely thrown me all day today. It's just horrific, just horrific. We're going to start today uh, with a story that actually was breaking when we last recorded one of these, and that is uh, the awarding of a Medal of Honor to Sergeant Major Payne. Uh, which is, I mean, if you're going to be in the military, Sergeant Major Payne is just such a spectacular name. Like that is, that is money. Uh, this is from WCNC, which is a television station, presumably in North Carolina, but, uh, a South Carolina soldier has received the nation's highest military honor for his actions to save hostages being held by ISIS in Iraq. President Donald Trump bestowed Sergeant Major Thomas Payne with the Medal of Honor Friday in a White House 
ceremony. Sergeant Major Payne grew up in Batesville, Leesville, and Lugoff, South Carolina, which are really small towns. If you haven't had a chance to see this guy, he is tougher than woodpecker lips, and he is just a great human being. I did want to uh, I did want to read uh, the citation here. It's interesting to me. Everything is saying that uh, he's a ranger, and that absolutely is true. But I, I believe this is uh, the first Delta Force uh, uh, award of a Medal of Honor that's not posthumous. This is, I believe, the third Delta Force Medal of Honor overall. The first two were Shugart and Gordon, who were famously uh, killed the day I joined the Army in uh, October 3rd, 1993, in the Battle of Mogadishu. Sergeant First Class Thomas Payne distinguished himself by conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity above and beyond the call of duty on October 22, 2015, during a daring nighttime hostage rescue in Kirkuk Province, Iraq, in support of Operation Inherent Resolve. Sergeant Payne led a combined assault team charged with clearing one of two buildings known to house the hostages. With speed, audacity, and courage, he led his team as they quickly cleared the assigned building, liberating 38 hostages. Upon hearing a request for additional assaulters to assist with clearing the other building, Sergeant Major Payne, uh, on his own initiative, left his secured position, exposing himself to enemy fire as he bounded across the compound to the other building from which entrenched enemy troops were engaging his comrades. Sergeant Payne climbed a ladder to the building's roof, which was partially engulfed in flames, and engaged enemy fighters below with grenades and small arms fire. He then moved back to ground level to engage the enemy forces through a small hole in the wall in the west side of the building. Knowing time was running out for the hostages trapped inside the burning building, Sergeant Payne moved to the main entrance where heavy enemy fire had thwarted previous attempts to enter. He knowingly risked his own life by bravely entering the building under intense enemy fire, enduring smoke, heat, and flames to identify or excuse yeah, to identify the armed door imprisoning the hostages. Upon exiting, Sergeant Major Payne exchanged his rifle for bolt cutters and again entered the building, ignoring the enemy rounds impacting the walls around him as he cut the locks on the complex locking mechanism. His courageous action motivated the coalition assault team members to enter the breach and assist with cutting the locks. After exiting to catch his breath, he re-entered the building to make the final uh, lock cuts, freeing 37 hostages. All right, it is not bad enough that this poor guy is getting fired on. Then he climbs on top of a burning building. Then he's got to exchange his rifle for bolt cut. I mean, it's stud. There's stud. Jeff? Was that just one award that he was a recipient of? It, it sounds as though there are multiple actions there that, that warrant some kind of recognition. This is... Uh, this is impressive, even amongst the rare air of heroes that uh, he now joins. And uh, I salute, I salute Sergeant Major Payne. And I love saying that. And uh, before we let Ashley talk, I'm gonna say it one more time: Sergeant Major Payne, because that Damn is it. amazing. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what Holly is saying. The Medal of Honor is an award. I, I'm not. It's an honor, but it, 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 it's awarded. I don't know what she's saying. Anyway, the super producer Holly is confusing me in the middle of the show, which is pretty standard. Usually, it's Ashley doing it, but whatever. Ashley, what do you got on uh, Sergeant Major Payne? First off, love the name. Fantastic. I just oh, 
going to start there. I went to training with quite a few folks that had some some really stellar names. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Some of them are not appropriate for this forum. That's besides the point. Very impressive. Um, every time I read these stories, it just it gives me hope in humanity. It just reminds me that there is folks out there that are willing and go above and beyond what you would normally believe the call of duty the call of duty is. And I know that that seems really presumptuous. Obviously, we're in the military, like we're supposed to defend our brothers and sisters to the left and the right. Um, but there's just it's like a whole nother level that. Yeah. It, this is a whole nother level. So I have many kudos and appreciations and it's awesome. Yeah. It's super producer. Holly uh, also tells us there's helmet cam footage of what was going on at the time. And um, this is actually, I believe the second medal of honor that was captured entirely on film. The first one was uh, Chapman, the uh, air force guy. And that was captured by a drone. And then there's this one. And, uh, my friend David Bellavia, if you ever get a chance to see his, uh, the video that's on Netflix about him, it's pretty wild, too. You get to see David come out, and I'm not even going to go into how graphic it is, but it is spectacular. But, yeah, you should absolutely go watch the uh, Sergeant Major Payne helmet cam footage whenever you get a chance. What's the matter, Jeff? I, you just said his name again. Yeah, and I, I, how can you not? You can't even just say Payne. You got to say Sergeant Major Payne. Even, it's even better than it was either a movie or a sitcom that was Major Payne. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sergeant Major Payne. That's right. just, you know, that's legit. Like, that's a whole nother right. level. Like, Major Payne so- just, Major Payne is just a guy who graduated college and made it through a company command. But Sergeant Major Payne, that's a man who has lived. That man <laughs> slept outside. Forget those majors. I'm just kidding <laughs> you. Don't give me any hate mail, all you officers. Uh, that's assuming you could find us, which if you have a map, you can't. So whatever. (laughs) Now I'm definitely going to get a lot of hate mail from the officers. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back with more of the show, including, uh, Ashley with her brand new water bottle, which is pretty, it's 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 definitely, it's definitely classing up the show. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip? Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's bookazine, Indivisible, the story of our flag. Available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. All right, we are back. And Jeff, for the second story, we will go to you. What do you got for us? All right. Uh... You guys keep giving me the stories that make me want to rant and rage, but um, I'm going to try to be a little more, uh, I'm going to just try to not do that, a little less that. So this new bill aims to force VA to expand benefits to veterans ill from toxic exposure like burn pits. Now, first of all, the fact that they, never mind, I'm getting into my rant before I finish the story. So... As we all know, the burn pits happen and they're making, according to the VA, they're allegedly making people sick. And it goes back uh, to Vietnam and Agent Orange and and things like that. And that's kind of the fears are that the cost is going to get really huge. Uh, And uh, this, what is this story from? It's, I didn't get the site, so Holly will have to put it in the show notes. It's just last week, 
a committee of National Academy of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine researchers released a report reviewing currently available studies and data, coming to the conclusion that while there is limited or suggestive evidence to link post 9-11 or Gulf War service to chronic cough, shortness of breath, and wheezing, a new approach is needed to prove other illnesses are caused by airborne hazards experienced during service. Yes, but at least someone came to their defense and said, if people were injured or affected, and there's a plausible relationship or explanation for what's going on, the benefit of the doubt needs to go to the veteran. To simply let people suffer and go without help from their government is not a satisfactory response. And I 100% and wholly agree here. The mission of the VA, from my perspective, should be to advocate for the veterans who need that assistance. It should not be that uh, they have to be advocated at or to. I don't, I'm messing up my English language here right now. I majored in it for a quarter. Apparently, I need two. But the VA shouldn't have to be convinced. The VA should be out there convincing and that a headline says a new bill aims to force force the VA to acknowledge harm done to those who who served this country is uh, ridiculous. And yes, you tricked me into another rant and I'm upset about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna calm down and I'm gonna pass it on to Ashley. Oh you you already get me fired up because I'm this always upsets me because knowing the history of both Agent Orange, understanding that within the past year, legislatively, they finally passed Blue Water Navy Act, which was the inclusion of folks that were within a radius of um, Republic of Vietnam. And I was just always a bit shocked and awe uh, to, to see that. Why does it take so long? And then knowing this, knowing the system that veterans are put through to prove or deny their claim it's it's heartbreaking to me as a veteran and somebody who's actively going through the claim process myself not specifically for burn pits but for other other um elements or aim or words um for other illnesses injuries right so when i hear about you know the well uh was it what was the um the host, what was the host's name that was just advocating on the hill? This was like yesterday. John Stewart. John Stewart. You know, the fact that we have to get major like <clears throat> celebrities and folks to utilize their network to advocate for us is honestly, it's, it's sad. Like, I'm happy that it's happening, but it, it makes me so vividly mad that we have to force the VA to do anything. They are supposed to be the advocates, and it is frustrating. I am deeply disappointed all the time. Yeah, I, I'm not going to reiterate what you guys just said, but I, you know, I know in Afghanistan when we had force protection at uh, Bagram Air Base, which is a terrible gig being on force protection, but we had a guard tower that was literally right above the burn pit. And the burn pit was not a small, like, little, it wasn't like a campfire. We're talking, like, this thing was, like, two acres large, and they threw everything 
into this. And so the wind would blow into the guard tower and nobody wanted to be in that guard tower, but somebody had to be in that guard tower. But it, and it was like, you know, a lot of times when you're overseas and you're out at these far flung combat outposts or wherever else, you know, if you get up in the morning and you're freezing and there's a fire there, you're going to stand near the fire to try to warm up. And like at the time, I remember thinking, well, this is seriously not healthy, but you know what? Freezing to death's not all that healthy a thought either. And at the time, you know, when you're a 20 something year old specialist or whatever, your thought at the exact moment is I got to get warm and who knows if I'm going to get shot later today. You're not thinking about emphysema 20 years down the road because of whatever somebody had thrown into the burn pit. You're thinking about what's going on then. It is it is disconcerting that the federal government has always done this, always will do this. You know, I read stuff about Revolutionary War and they promised those guys all kinds of things and they never came through on it. You know, it, you know we don't serve in the military for benefits really that's why it always makes me mad when we see commercials on tv it's talking about all the benefits most people i serve with didn't serve for the benefits they served because they're good patriots and they wanted to do what they could for their country and when the country turns around and does these kinds of things i mean are we are we really fighting about whether standing there in the smoke of of everything that goes into those burn pits is healthy or not healthy I mean, come on. I don't have a medical Our degree. But... More research, what? Then we wait another decade, then another 20 years, and then yeah. we have the same history repeats itself for our folks, you know, our Vietnam veterans with Agent Orange and then Blue Water Navy, Brown Water Navy. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm it as, doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm as fiscally conservative and worried about the debt as anybody on the planet. But at the same time, when you send people into harm's way, you're responsible. You break it, you buy it. That should be the policy for the federal government as well. And I've always, it, the thing that's infuriating about this one is it's not even 20 years down the road where they kick the can. It's right now that they're, that they're letting down people in, uh, about wars that are still happening. Yeah. And you're questioning people who could not question the circumstance they were in. If you were in that guard shack, you couldn't go, oh, uh, can I get a listing of the items that are being put into that burn pit? Burn pit, please, before I uh, before I assume this duty. No, you couldn't ask a question. But if you come back and you have the residual effect of of that uh, assignment, they're now questioning you. They shouldn't be allowed to question you if you have the symptoms and and if they can't officially decide where those symptoms came from. And you were at a burn pit. You get the benefit of the doubt period end of story and sorry i did it again as, ma as memory no. serves there was 26 guard towers around bagram it was 24 or 26 and you know we randomly assigned troops to those guard towers and i didn't you know i was one of the guys that assigned them i didn't keep a roster of where everybody was on any given day so now if someone goes back to the va the va is going to be like well do you have proof that you were in a guard tower over the no, there's no proof that exists. Nobody kept that kind of, we're, you know, it, it just doesn't exist. It, the onus about this and, and not to cut you off, Mark, is that so you could get shot next to the burn pit and then they will treat you for all of the symptoms. They will, they will medvac you out. They will do everything for you. But despite having, the, so the person, <laughs> if you will, that's helping treat that person who's directly exposed to the burn pit 
won't receive any compensation or won't receive anything because it's not, it's not necessarily, um, you know, immediate. Right. So if I'm laying there and I'm bleeding out and the medic is treating me right next to the burn pit, I'm going to, you know, then go file, you know, my claim, I'm going to be med discharged probably out, whatever the case may be, there's another document trail, but then for the medic who, had responded to multiple cases around this burn pit, then a few years later after they get out, starts having symptomology or is experiencing coughing fits, et cetera, they're then going to have to prove, well, yeah, I served all these people. Then they're going to say, prove it. Yeah. And that's so disheartening about it. They could literally happen in the same spot and people to those two people will get the same different, I'm sorry, different treatment. Yeah. All right. I wish we were going to a happy, I wish we were going to happy story number three, but Alas, Ashley, what do you have for us? So more, uh, very, very gloomy day on the, on the podcast. So, all right. So for those of you unaware, there's legislation out in regards to veteran suicide prevention. And it's pretty much right now what there's like 20, 25, some days left or, or what is it? 25, 21, something like that left. We don't have a lot of time. Let's just start there. There's not a lot of time. And before there's been a lot of before Congress closes. Correct. So I think it's 25 legislative days before, uh, that remain in the House for calendar year 2020. Yeah. So lawmakers have not, or you know, lawmakers either have to reintroduce all the bills in the next congressional season, or if they don't become law by the end of the year. So basically, folks that have been advocating on the forefront for veteran suicide. Um, so there's a, a few executive orders out, if I'm not mistaken, or just the singular one that I'm thinking of from President Trump regarding mental health. So I'll just kind of read a little bit here. So uh, the future of major legislation on veteran suicide prevention policy in Congress remains unsettled for now, despite claims of a breakthrough this week from Senate leaders and pleas from veteran advocates to pass something on the issue as soon as possible. At issue, um, at issue are the pair of Policy packages under debate in the House and the Senate Veterans Affairs Committees. Leaders from both panels have promised to work together to find common ground by the end of the year on the issue, but have not, um, you know, they haven't reached a, uh, they haven't reached a, they haven't reached a verdict, if you shall, um, and ratchet up with political pressure in the recent weeks to bolster support for their own plans, especially, obviously, we're, for everyone's situation awareness, we're in an election year. So, the Commander John Scott Hansen Veterans Mental Health Improvement Act uh, passed in the Senate early August and has been received has received praise from administration official administration officials and veterans advocates um, as a significant step forward. So, long story short, um, Senate Veterans Affairs Committee Chairman uh, Jerry Morgan he is basically saying, you know, this bill is going to be life saving measures for veterans at risk. It's going to further invest in mental health care at the VA, uh, establishing new approaches for places for veterans um, at the center with the, at veterans at the center of the system, essentially focusing on new connections and new form and outreach. So right now, the hand and neck took about nine months to pass out of the committee and another seven months to be brought up in the Senate floor for a full vote. So in recent weeks, both Democrats and Republicans and veteran groups have been, you know, have been attacked by House lawmakers for not acting quickly enough um, on the legislation since it's passed. So right now, as it stands, it it could not pass, right? So it's just, yeah, they're, they just keep going back and forth on discussions about gun safety policies for suicidal veterans, improving outreach um, 
to minority veterans automatically enrolling transitioning troops in healthcare services. So again, there's all of these different pieces and parts, but right now it's, yeah, it's just it's, in a little doom and gloom. Yeah. The stumbling it's, block on this is, is something that I'm, I've been involved in in the past. And what it has to do with is some of the measures that are in the Senate version are, are accepted by everyone, but the house wants to add something that basically would take firearms away from suicidal veterans, basically, which on the face of it sounds like a good thing. Obviously, nobody wants suicidal veterans to have firearms. The problem is there's no real mechanism to do that, that if someone, you know, if someone, if I called up and I said, Jeff Daly is suicidal and they came and took his guns away and then I went and robbed his house, he would have no recourse because they've taken his guns away. Now, it'd be one thing if there was some sort of hearing or, you know, like if they called Jeff in, they're like, are you having suicidal thoughts? And he said, but none of these things actually occur. So that's the stumbling block. So the Senate has passed this. The House is like, we want these extra gun measures. Well, you know, the reality is it's an election cycle. Are they saying they want these gun things because they actually think it'll save lives or because right now, guns are an issue out there it's nigh on impossible to pass anything in an election year and we've had this problem with the legion in the past where we had a, a there was a change to our constitution this was probably 15 20 years ago and i was actually the one lobbying on it and i it was so i don't even remember what it was it was so unimportant like there was nothing about it that was confrontational and they would not move on it they would not do anything on it and then two days after the election, they passed it by unanimous consent. And the reason they wouldn't pass it is because the person who co-sponsored it was up for re-election. And the one party didn't want him to have a legislative victory. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. I, I hold out hope that after the silly season is over and we actually have the election, maybe it'll pass. But they are really letting us down. I don't have the answer to suicide prevention, obviously. I I, I don't even know what that might be, but you know what? If they're they're saying that suicide prevention can be done by, you know, giving grants to organizations, civic organizations and everything else that are willing to help out. Suicide of veterans is a nationwide problem and it needs to be answered by nationwide groups. It needs to be answered by the people down there. And for our members of Congress and the Senate to sit around and fight about this is it's just a slap in the face and it's one of the reasons i think people are so disgruntled by politics but that's my soapbox jeff i know you're gonna get righteous gonna, with us yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say that this is another example of the politicization of everything um and and something that should something that should unite us is tearing us apart and i feel like we need to there's a multi-front battle that we need to do here and to me, like the first thing is the VSOs, the it, it, American Legion can lead the way, please do. But we're going to need the DABs and the VFWs and everybody else to number one is to make this so uncomfortable that that they have to take action in terms of lobbying and and and, and uh, press pressure. The second battle is we need to enlist we the people. And we talk about suicide prevention as a nation, just general, not even veteran specific. We talk about it as a nation all the time, how it's a problem. Now, a significant portion of that problem affects veterans. 
So if you are concerned about suicide prevention in the nation, you need to be concerned about suicide prevention uh, for veterans. And if we get on a campaign to enlist we the people, the voters, everyone out there, to put pressure on their local uh, or state representatives, I think that's going to help. But because I don't have any confidence of that, the third front on this battle is direct intervention by the VSOs like American Legion, DFW, DAV. And everyone out there that's a member of these, or even if you're not a member of these, a buddy check is more than just a campaign. A buddy check is a quick phone call that tells somebody else they friggin' matter in this universe and that someone took the time to call them. Yeah. And when we get back to going to the bars, that that person that's sitting in the corner, not talking to anybody, uh, it may be a 10-minute conversation you probably don't want to have. But if you go over there, you could actually save a life. So while I know that, uh, you know, our big picture thing is we do need to lobby Congress, I firmly believe that. We do need to have a campaign to the general populace as a whole. I think that's super important so that they understand that the veterans problem is everyone's problem. And But finally, I think that we, because they are not doing their jobs, we have to take care of our own because it's literally the definition of suicide. We're talking about a life and death situation and with an immediate problem. And we need to immediately look after our brothers and sisters who served uh, with us. And I mean, with any, and no, no specific timeline, we all took the same oath. And I, and I'm going to today, I have a little list of people who I think of that need checking in. I'm going to check in with all of them today. And another thing we did, was able to find a, uh, a professor who had a grant so that we could get some mental, it's called mental health first aid certification. It didn't cost us a dime. So we think we had maybe 15 people in there. So now we have seeded in our population of, at the time it was about 11, 11, somewhere between 11 and 1200 members, right? So we have seeded in the population, people who have specific uh, training to recognize some signs and then to get them on a referral path to to get help uh, and it's it you know because there's a stigma with going to ask for help because a lot of people who are suffering right now have typically been sort of alpha they help other people they get stuff done and they don't realize that wears on them and they and just having someone in a, as a peer just walk over and have a conversation because they recognize a sign is a lifesaver. And I would love to see the Legion look into the, the program that I was talking about or a similar one and kind of, and in this day of Zoom, we can reach so many people with a single training. It doesn't require anything tactile. It could all be done on video. And I would love to see that happen so that we're seeding our population with people who can help. Yep. I think those are great points. I just want to echo, you know, any veteran out there, if you're experiencing a mental health emergency, you can contact the Veterans Crisis Line. Their number is 1-800-273-8255.
Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And you select option one for a VA staffer or whoever is going to be connecting you to assist you. You know, veterans and troops and their family members can also text 838255 or visit Veterans Crisis Line.net for assistance. Again, that's text 838255 or visit Veteran Crisis Line.net for assistance. I just want you all to know that, you know, people out there, we care about you. Um, this is like, you know, it's not just a veteran issue, it's an everybody issue. And from somebody who has recently gotten a lot of battle buddy checks, I'm so appreciative of those people who took the time to do that. And I think to echo both the sentiment of, of Mark and Jeff is, you know, people care, we're out there, we know that there's compounded pressures with, with COVID and isolation and, you know, things are changing or stressors have been added to your plate. Um, know that, you know, we're here for you and you're never alone in this. You are not alone. Um, but please know that there are resources out there. The American Legion is one of them. Um, but we're here. So. All right. And we will take our second commercial break. And we will be right back with hopefully some more upbeat stuff. Didn't mean to bring everybody down. You know, it's a tough day. But just, you know, when you feel yourself getting down, just remember that the New England Patriots are 1-0 and and probably going to win the AFC East again. All right. We will be back in just a couple of seconds. <laughs> So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, we are back and we are ready to go through our rapid fires, which are going to be actual rapid fires because we are all we all have hot dates. I know uh, I know Ashley has to get somewhere. I think Jeff is having his hair done today and I am going to go and have a few adult beverages. So we are all eager to get on the road. Uh, rapid fire number one, this from NBC. Now, Jeff, I want you to hide your shocked face. OK, but. NBC says the U.S. commander says that Intel still hasn't established Russia paid Taliban bounties to kill U.S. troops. Two months after top Pentagon officials vowed to get to the bottom of whether the Russian government bribed the Taliban to kill American service members, the commander of troops in the region says a detailed review of all available intelligence has not been able to corroborate a single thing. Quote, it just has not been proved to a level of certainty that satisfies me, Frank McKenzie, general of the U.S. Central Command, said. We continue to look for the evidence. I just haven't seen it yet, but it's not a closed issue. Considering that this was uh, the hottest topic in the world for about seven seconds before someone pointed out that there's absolutely no evidence, what, what do you make of this one, Jeff? Well, why would you let facts get in the way of a good story, especially in an election year? <laughs> right. <laughs> Got him. <Ashley. em>. Got him. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, the whole the whole story seemed idiotic from Jump Street to me, so I, I will say that I was ahead of the game. But come on, everybody saddle down out there. When you hear a story like this, can you at least look to, I, for, for God's sake, it could have been The Onion, and people were still just ranting about it on Facebook. Everyone chill out a little bit and let the adults do their work. All right, Rapid Fire 2, Army Times how algorithms and primate research can help decide the best size of your squad. The ideal number of troops for a commander to control comes in groups of five. 
Uh, similarly, chimpanzees gather in groups of 5, 15, and up to a mass of about 150. When they do, researchers note their communications are better, affectionately calling it ape politics. And this story goes on to mention that apparently ape politics are going to take over the Marine Corps, who is now going to shift to units in the size of 15. Uh, I would also note that this is actually something I've been listening to in a book called Origin Story that talks about how manageable groups uh, communicate better. Does changing squads to 15 based on the research of apes uh, move the needle for you, Jeff, or not? Nah, we did fire teams of four. So I, I'm trying to figure out the math. How It's only Marine Corps math can get um, fire teams of four into a squad of 15. But um, I, I, the- I, 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 I'm suspecting that what it's going to amount to is you're going to have uh, four troops and a maybe a team leader, and then you might have three teams with a squad leader, so that your squad leader has fifteen. I, th- that's my guess. I I don't really know. It makes it a little difficult to do a movement contact when you have three teams instead of two. But I'm pretty sure we can iron it out. The thing that always got me was that we had, you know, you had a a squad of nine or whatever, and then you'd have a vehicle that only seated six. So it was like. I don't know what they're doing anyway. Uh, Ashley, what do you think about uh, basing changing the number of people in a uh, in a squad based on primate research? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ran a squad now. I'm oh, cool. I'm oh, cool. I had three three team leaders, and each of them either had up to like two to three soldiers each. No, good. For some of those that are questioning whether a primate and a human is about the same, you should have had my squad. I, I, and I hope they're listening. But some of you are some of you were dumber than any baboon I've ever seen. Uh, so I'm I've just had to hold hands. I've had to slow down my my speech pattern. I have the, the one time I one to it in the book. I've had to yeah. They, okay. I remember specifically, and I'm not going to name him, but everyone in my squad will know who this is. But we were doing a uh, pace count exercise and he came out that it was 67 paces to hundred meters. And I said to him, okay, so if you have to go 200 meters, how many paces will you go? And he said, 200. And I said, no, 67 paces is hundred meters. So if you want to go 200 meters, how many is it? And he's like 300. And it, it was about that point where I took my helmet off, threw it into the woods, threw my rifle down, just walked away found someone else who could teach remedial math but yeah i mean we've all been there we've had those trips all right number three rapid fire from the air force times and this is going back to a story we've talked about the air force academy's newest mascot now has a name the female gur falcon has been named nova the academy announced in a tweet september 3rd and the academy said nova an exceedingly bright star represents the future of our academy as a commissioning source for both air and space officers the academy said i particularly like the next sentence in this though which says the public suggestions range from the serious such as althena and wild blue to the silly including feather locklear and falcon mcfalcon face but ultimately the cadets went with nova feather locklear would have been a money name the fact that they did not use feather locklear i'm i'm if I've said since minute one, I wanted my daughter to go to the Air Force Academy. That's out. That, I mean, that's out. I, you cannot turn down a name like Feather Locklear or Falcon McFalcon Face. Jeff, what do you got? 
I'm a little uh, a little disappointed in our Air Force brethren because they have not learned. And there's they're the studied branch of the military, and they did not learn from Chevrolet and GM, who had a failure of a car called Nova, because it means in Spanish, no go. So they're basically <laughs> mascot to a significant population as no go. I, I would like it though if they released the Chevy Nova in the middle of their football field before every game just to see what would happen. Spectacular. They, they could have the cadets push it around when it breaks down. Ashley, what do you got on this? They sound like Twitter handles or like uh, like stream handles or what the heck they're called. It just sounds so bizarre. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm kind Feather, of Feather Locklear is the winner. I'm just going to nod. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Do whatever you, you want. Guys, you guys are both big fans of Bertie McBirdface on this first. <laughs> Bertie yeah. McBirdface. Well, and here we go. This this rapid fire number four, right? In, this is shoot this directly into Jeff's veins. Story from military.com. The first members of Space Force just deployed to the Middle East. And you know what? I'm not even going to read the story. Jeff, explain to me. Uh, explain to me why the Space Force is going to the Middle East. Go. Well, uh, it's quite simple, actually. The okay. Middle East. <laughs> the Middle East is on the other side of the world. The world is a planet. There are other planets that we are going to have to navigate. So. Uh, I got nothing. Horrible answer. Ashley, what do you got? Uh... I'm just flum I'm flummoxed. You can control. They're looking at satellites and they're handling space. You could do that from anywhere. And it's like you could send them to Tampa. You know, you could send them to Aspen. You could send people to really nice areas. No, you'll be going to Al-Udid Air Base in Qatar. Congratulations. So why do I have to go to Qatar to handle a satellite? Like, why? Why did like I have... the chain of command made somebody I, mad? I think, I think I've figured it out, CV. They just need people, uh, you know, because it's a military community. People need to go on deployment to actually be military. And they need to they need to deploy some people somewhere just to get some street cred in I, I guess that's what you think of. Like how else? How else are they going to get a combat patch? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. This, this story just perplexed me. I've heard very nice things about Cutter, so I'm not goofing on Cutter. I just really can't really comprehend why Space Force is going to be in Cutter. So, all right, Jeff, let's do it. Shout out, go. Oh, criminy! I was not prepared for a shout out today, but I will come up with one in five, four. I'm going to shout out my post again. Uh, our guys, Taylor uh, Umpenhauer and Bill Steele, which is the greatest name ever besides Sergeant Major Payne, have, they have navigated the bureaucracy of Los Angeles, and we now have a drive-in theater being built in our parking lot. And... Uh, I'm trying desperately to get Boys State to play there. It's not a simple task. I thought I would just email some folks, and they'd be like, sure, here. It's a very difficult thing to get done, but uh, I would shout those people out by name, but that probably would not 
do me any favors. So I'm just going to, yeah. I, I just wanted to thank you because a lot of our most often the kind of questions we go, get are like, if Jay, if Jeff Daly were to count backwards from five, how far would he make it? And you have answered that. You can make it to three uh, before you have to stop. So thank you for that. That answers most of our fan mail. Ashley, what do you have on a shout out? I was going to say, maybe they do need to adjust the, the, the squad teams more. Anyway. <laughs> Really? Sorry, Jeff. Sorry. <laughs> so I wanted to give a shout out. So a while ago, we did an interview with a gentleman by the name of Justin Sheffield, and he sent me his book, and he's super awesome. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to him. So know that it is on my read list to start this week after I do some do some much needed exercise and uh, other work, right? So, but he said a very nice message. He says, "Thank you again for your time." An awesome interview. I hope you enjoy my story. So I just wanted to kind of give a free shout out promo for him um, for his his book, SEAL Team 6 Operators Battles in the Fight for Good or Good Over Evil. So it's MOB. That's pretty right. cool guy. So there you go. Before I get to my shout out, just a brief story. When I went to my friend David Bellavia's Medal of Honor ceremony, uh, afterwards we went out and had a few adult beverages. Uh David was not allowed to join us. As a matter of fact, they even sent Sergeant Major out with us to make sure that David was not with us. Uh, so that Sergeant Major who accompanied us, bravo to him. Good job. You, you infiltrated quite well, and you did drink pretty well. But later on that evening at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I found myself in a hotel room with three other guys, and we were acting out the Jessica Lynch uh, rescue. Uh, the two individuals... Two of the individuals had been part of that. One was a Marine, one was in the Army. And we were using flip-flops and pillows and everything else to, margin, to mark uh, targets. But one of those gentlemen was Medal of Honor recipient Leroy Petrie, who happens to be in the news today. But my shout-out is not to Leroy Petrie. It's to the jackass that stole the Medal of Honor plates off his car while it was at the SeaTac airport. So to that guy who stole the Medal of Honor plates... My shout-out is to you. May you rest in peace, because when Leroy finds you, he is going to see how far he can sink that prosthetic limb of his in your esophagus. And you deserve every single beating that's about to come your way. It takes a special kind of moron to steal a Medal of Honor plate from a guy who lost his hand to a grenade who is a certified badass. So to you, my friend, shout-out R.I.P. Anything else, people, or what? (laughs) Just shutting it down. Mic drop. All right, people. Well, we will try to do better next time. We will see you uh, next week. We will try to put our happy faces on. For my part, I am about to go get a few Guinness, and I uh, hope producer Holly's going to be with me, and I'm hoping she doesn't have to carry me because she weighs about 105 and is five foot one. I am six feet one and 235. So it could be an interesting evening. Yes, Jeff, go. I before we go, I just wanted to remind everyone she's four feet eight quarters. That's before make her an adult-sized human. So the I want to make sure that because uh, super producer Holly put that on the screen earlier and none of us paid her any attention. But we want to make sure that everyone's uh, following us on Facebook and and getting and subscribing wherever they listen to podcasts, including YouTube. If you want to watch 
if you want to watch the madness and watch Ashley roll her eyes at me, she does it all, <laughs> all, all the time. Rate and review so, our awesomeness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we live. We live here. Yeah, we live or die based on what you guys tell us. Uh, so we know our readership's going up. And we appreciate that. It's going to go up more as word of mouth gets out. Hopefully we're doing a good job. And hey, if we're not doing a good job, then send us an email. Let us know we're not doing a good job. Tell us what you want to hear about. Send us stories that you want to talk about. Send us yes. people you want to hear from. If whatever guests you have, we're we're happy to do whatever you tell us to. We're uh, you know, I, I would say we're doing a pretty good job and we're absolutely doing the best we can, but we're not closed-minded. We'll take any advice. So hit us up. Hit us up any chance you get. It's Tango Alpha Lima at Legion.org. Send us an email. Say hi. Say you hate us. Uh, you know, question question Jeff's college football team. Tell us how Tom Brady has also changed your life as he has mine. Bingo. Whatever. Tell us bingo. Yeah. And if you happen to find out who stole Leroy Petrie's uh, license plate, be sure to email us so that I can uh, so I can get him on that. Because I would love to have a video crew there. All right, folks, we are out. We'll see you in a week. Bye-bye.